I shall not be moved. Somebody was blessed just on the Thursday, Friday preamble calls. 
I know for a fact somebody got a praise report coming up out of this weekend of how something has already changed in their life because of the two days that we already done unleashed the prayer. So I'm going to invite y'all on this call to go ahead and use hashtag Black History Bootcamp. If you have a praise report already, even just, we ain't even started into the stories, Morgan, but I feel the energy. I have got the tags. I know somebody out there has a praise report. Let's use Black History Bootcamp to share our praise reports because that is one of the ways that other women who are not on this call get the inspiration, the energy, and the encouragement to join the movement. I already got a praise report from this weekend. Let me tell you about Please my Please tell me. Report. Yes, I'm here for it. First of all, we done started on Thursday as a warm-up for the OGs who's already in the movement. And we was like, OGs, yes. we're going to touch and agree real quick. We're going to touch and agree. One, two, three, yes. break. Right? And then we came back, and my cousin just laid me all out praying like we was back in the yes. coaching church at Pentecostal in Wichita, Kansas. Thank you, Twyla. Shout out to Twyla. I love you, my dear. Then Friday, we said, listen, yeah. this ain't going the way we hope. We're going to let go, let God. We're going to ask every black yeah. woman listening to help us promote this so that we can get the biggest army, the mightiest army here today. And you did that. But let me tell you what happened. I was supposed to go on a picnic for my friends. So shout out to my friends. They private. They got professional jobs. I can't be putting them on the podcast like this. <laughs> I went out with some of my own girls, right? We went on a picnic. Both of them is listening to boot camp. I didn't know that. Second, they both touched and and agreed over me and said, listen, like we were rallied behind somebody who's on a ministry. This walking and praying together is our joint ministry. We're going to touch and agree up in the park. Vanessa, do you know up in the park? One of them brought me a dress. Because remember on the first boot camp, I said when I'll be walking in my workout outfits, the people here in Africa are thinking that I'm a Yes, you can't be like that. You can't. Thank God. Thank you, African sisters, for coming through and having Morgan's back. Because we can't oh, have her out there in them Lululemon spandex. We can't have her out there in them uncrossed trees with that Lululemon spandex looking all like that. And you got the blue shirt on, too. You just bringing too much attention. Listen, I was looking like a superhero, but now I'm looking sanctified. And I am grateful. I am grateful for friendship. I am grateful for people to cover me in prayer, cover you in prayer. And I am grateful for the opportunity to do the same for every single woman who put a prayer request out there. Listen, I'm not no minister. Vanessa ain't no minister. Lord, Vanessa's show ain't no mess. <laughs> look, look, Pastor B, this is me. All right, and look, what, what they say now? The least among us. The least among us shall rise up, Morgan. The least among us. So don't worry. My situation has been in the valley, but it's here. My test was a testimony so that somebody else can know that you too can come through, folks. No, I'm just kidding with you. I'm just kidding with you. Morgan, I actually no, have perfect. a... Um, it okay. is. I have to tell you this. I It's not even my praise report. It's actually so powerful that, one, y'all, I've been exhausted. I've been tired, but I promise I'm going to pull this together and actually write this in a national email today. This is how powerful this story was to me, Morgan. I saw yesterday, or maybe the day before yesterday, we have an organizer. This is the power of the whole prayer trek and girl trek, even if we ain't doing a prayer trek. We have an organizer named Frankie. She's in Whiteville or Whitehall, North Carolina. I've actually gone down there. They posted the most powerful picture. They were walking down the street, and Frankie is a woman who has been holding it down for her community and Girl Trek and organizing, and they've been walking in the midst of COVID and trying to figure out how do they do that safely and how do they do that by honoring Girl Trek's call to action around no group walks, but knowing that their community needs it. So this is, I'm setting the stage. They were walking in their neighborhood, and a man, a white man in a pickup truck pulled up next to them, and he asked them, are you women of faith? And they said, yes. And he said, my son just died three days ago. And I'm on my way right now to pick up my father from a long-term care facility, and I do not have the strength to go on. Can you pray for me? 
And Morgan, right there in the middle of the street in North Carolina, that Girl Trek team in the middle of a pandemic, not worrying about anything, reached out their hands and touched and agreed on that man who saw those women walking in his neighborhood and said, I am breaking down. I don't even have the strength to go pick my father up. Can you pray for me? And in this moment where the country is talking about a racial reckoning in a state like North Carolina, where we know the forces have been working so fervently for the oppression of black folks to see that this man saw in those women that they were women of faith and asked them in the moment where he is grieving his son and trying to pick up his father like so many are doing and they did it. I was like, man, this is Girl Trek in action. You cannot stop us. We are successful. This is the biggest praise report I have seen in a long time. So just shout out to all of the women who have a story like that, Morgan. Ooh, I'm so glad I was on mute. I was over here ugly crying. What? Oh, right? And in their pictures. In their pictures. Shout out to the organizer who took the pictures. That's all I was saying. I was like, somebody yes. packing this up correctly for us because we're about to let yes. the world know this is what is happening on these streets right here. This is what is happening. But Vanessa, I'm going to transition us and as your sister, Please. Keeper, I'm going to tell you, yes. don't write that up. Just attach the podcast and send it out right. to everybody because you just told it so good. That's the spirit of ease that we are identifying with right now. So let's transition into the spirit of ease. If you are brand new and you heard about this, you maybe saw it on Instagram, make sure you go to blackhistorybootcamp.com so we can count you. We will be a million by the end of this month. Believe you me, because I'm believing in God. So put your name down, blackhistorybootcamp.com. If you have not signed up and you in here illegally, like I used to be in fifth period, you need to go ahead and go sign up and stop playing, stop playing. And if you're a brand new, just make sure, maybe you're listening today at work, but make sure you carve out time to walk. Bring your sneakers mm-hmm. in with your briefcase and walk, walk, walk with us. It's going to make a mighty, mighty difference. So before we start, today's spiritual warrior, just so you know, we are counting down 21 spiritual warriors. These are unexpected heroes. These are everyday women of fervor. These are iconic framers of black spirituality and liberation theology. These are righteous and iconic black families of the faith. We are going in. We are going through. We're going to talk yes. activists, activists, everybody. The in artists, days, the doers, yes. the organizers, the creators, the lovers, the yes. healers. Yes, Morgan, yes. Now, what this is not going to be is the the everyday, so you ain't going to hear Sojourner Truth because we already gave Sojourner Truth her shine, her love, and her respect. You ain't going to hear about Harriet Tubman. We already gave. These are the unexpected, all right? So 21 people who we have not yet talked about, and that was hard for us to reach out and say, okay, if we cannot talk about Sojourner Truth, who can we talk about? And it was such a good challenge because, boy, it's so powerful to read the stories of everyday women like Frankie who had just create a blueprint for us every day. So welcome to 21 Days of Black History Bootcamp, the fair edition. So today's spiritual warrior is amazing. Ooh, I'm a surprise y'all. If you didn't get the email, I'm a surprise y'all. Before we start, we are doing prayer because we know that somebody on the Instagram, I didn't want to tell you because you was all teared up about the Twitter, but somebody on Instagram was like, I've been crying a lot when I'm getting into Jessica. (laughs) I would tell you. Somebody on Instagram was like, but what God are you serving? And I'm going to tell you what God I'm serving. I'm serving the God of my ancestor. I'm I'm, I'm serving the God that burned holes through slave ships and made us breathe. I'm I'm serving the God of our history, of our shared collective action, the God that made me stand right here today back on the continent of Africa after everything came to kill, steal, and destroy us. So whether you call him Yahweh, whether you call him Muhammad, whether you call him Buddha, it doesn't matter. I'm calling the God that 
goat deep inside that pumps through our veins every day. So that's the God that we're serving. All are welcome. I just want you to know that. I want you to know that Girl Trek is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We ain't going to tell you who to vote for. We ain't going to tell you who to pray for. But we're going to use all the tools in our arsenal to fight. But my pastor told me don't fight on Sunday. Did you go to church on Sunday? First of all, yes, I went, I went, first all, I went to the church of Auntie Peggy's house and, and my oh, cousin Rhonda, hey, I brought my speaker. Yes. I set it up on the back porch. They said I couldn't have even six feet distance. I had to have 10 feet distance because I had been on the move. Uh, but <laughs> but we, we, we set up my Bluetooth speaker and we had some church on her porch and we listened to a little bit of Mississippi Mass Choir. And we did touch and agree around some prayer for our own family. And I slid in, by the way, to the DM of that TDJ online church and told them, so shout out to anybody who's here to come on and join us. And Morgan, I want to say this, even to the God we serve, like the grateful man knows that God is good, not by hearsay, but by experience. And part of what I believe about you and I personally is that we are, we have been called to this moment to create a new pathway for black women who otherwise did not see a pathway toward, for themselves towards healing. And that requires us to tell the truth about what we have personally actually experienced. So the God that I'm praising is a God that actually personally has showed up in my life and brought me from dark times to light times to every single day when I think that the end is near, says, no, there's a new beginning, who says the situation is not dead, let me resurrect it. So part of what I want to say to women is that we are actually even speaking from real-time experience and not from what even has happened in the past, but every single day I'm in the fight, like the fight for my own life. And I know that you are too. And some days we are winning and some days we are not, but the public learning, the public learning and sharing and worshiping that we do together on this call, I do know that that is the pathway. Right. I do. We may not got all the answers and certainly don't be quoting me on the Bible, but also I got my notes. Y'all. Don't worry. But you see what I'm saying? No, but where you don't need to call me, trust my spirit. Trust my spirit. Trust my I spirit. Trust that I have been where you are. Yes. You, you've been. Yes. <laughs> Listen, Vanessa, speaking of quoting the Bible, I put the whole, I was going to put a quote from my pastor this Sunday because he told me not to fight. He told me like Jehoshaphat, who I never, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, that he had the whole army, three armies surrounding him. And he was like, God, we can't fight. And God said, go up to the top of the mountain and change your perspective and praise him and praise will confuse the enemy. I didn't even know this. I didn't know that's where the song came from, no Jehoshaphat, right? And he was like, you don't even have to fight. You got to pray and show up. That's what my pastor said. So I put the whole sermon up in the email today because yeah. I didn't even quote it. He did way better than me. But anyway, we are going to Morgan, pray. No, I have to tell you this. You know what the show up is, okay, though? You know what the show, you know up? What the show, show up? up is? The walking. They have to show up. The walking. The walking. Because we are praying. But the show up the show up is us every single day doing the walking while we are listening to these prayers. The show up every day is when we put feet to our prayers, lace up one foot in front of the other and move our bodies. You know, I went to Jerusalem and on the Western Wall and they do this at other places. When they are praying, they will back and forth. They move their actual body. They believe that actually the movement actually connects them with like the spiritualness of the prayer and connects them closer to God. So even our walking and the prayer is a show. Y'all, so y'all didn't even know y'all was talking to a black girl who'd been to Jerusalem at the Wailing Wall. You didn't even know you were talking to that black woman look, today. But I went, there, I went there. I went there. I went there. Right. Crazy. <laughs> let's get into this story. Morgan. All right. Let's get into the prayer. Let's get into the prayer. So we're going to start with prayer. And I, today's as hype as we are because of day one, we started 
with a tree planted by the water, I shall not be moved because there is a sort of grace and grit that is required to be rooted down, that is required to be unmovable, that is required to be confident and still. And this man who's about to lead us in prayer has been a soundtrack Woo! to us and I for so many years. And Vanessa, he just came out with a new album, and I swear this ain't even no promo. I listened to a five. I got that, Morgan. Are you kidding? I got Listen, it. It's called Steel. You heard a Steel, like Stillness? You heard? He was, he, he yes. was his whole testimony. Listen, okay, yes. so someone who just released an album called Still is the most graceful, peaceful voice in gospel history. He won a stellar award. He's amazing. His name is Brian Courtney Wilson. I think he got album of the year in something, Grammy, Stella, something, Doug, all of them probably. He tore the house down at the Stellar Awards last year. Brian Courtney Wilson has come on to lead us in the prayer today, and I think it's the right spirit for the story that we are about to share with you. So what we do, I'm going to put my phone on mute. I'm going to listen to this prayer, and we're about to turn up in grace. Here we go. Family, hey, this is Brian Courtney Wilson, and I just wanted to say thank you to Girl Trek for affording me this opportunity, this privilege to lead you in prayer as you continue on your journey and as you continue with this Black History Boot Camp. Let's jump right in. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy new and your grace amazing evidenced by the very breath you have afforded us. And Lord, today we ask you to grant us your peace. Start with our hearts and minds. Transform us in ways that allow us to transcend any sense of anxiousness or worry or doubt or apprehension that may creep in and linger in ways that hinder our steps forward on the path you've set before us. And lead us, Lord, to the people and places and plans that will allow us to share this gift of peace with our families and our communities and even our enemies in ways that transform the world. Father, remove any sense of guilt or shame connected to opportunities that we perceived as missed or time that we perceived as wasted. Remind us that there's a reason we call you the Alpha and Omega and that time and opportunity all belong to you and that if we are still breathing, then we still have an opportunity to plant seeds that can change everything and time to apply our measure of faith to manifesting their harvest. God, the earth groans and our enemy wants to paint a picture of pain and suffering, and violence, and abuse, and desolation, and deception, and greed, with a litany of isms intended to divide us, and accept this as the norm. It stands before us as a mountain in the path of this pilgrim journey, or trek. But as we approach this mountainous obstacle, on this narrow road you set before us and confront the darkness cast by its shadow, we receive your peace and declare your peace and so for peace and stillness and resolve and focus with every breath we take so we can employ our faith 
and do our work and cast this mountain into the sea. Amen. 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 That was so beautiful. So let's jump right in. Day one is dedicated to a powerful woman who came on all of our mm-hmm. timelines in 2016, and her name is Aisha Evans. I want to take a minute to just paint the picture for you. Aisha, I've listened to so many interviews of her, and Vanessa, she's special. There's yeah. something really just special about her. She has this kind of, um, I don't know, it's a mix between grit and grace that makes her so strong. And it wasn't an accident that it was her standing there in the gap for us. It was intentional, and she said it so many times. It was a calling for her. So if you don't know who I'm talking about, a lot of people call her the goddess in the sundress. People shared her iconic image of her standing in front of an advancing armed guards, and she was standing with such poise and such equanimity. She was there, rooted and grounded. Well, I wanted to know the backstory of this woman, so I started doing some digging, and I want to share it with you. Aisha Evans is from Brooklyn, and from what I could tell, she got a slight Caribbean accent, so she's probably from somewhere else before Brooklyn. But she don't put her business in the street, so I don't know where somewhere else is from. But she's from Brooklyn, and she said she was born a survivor. She talked about Vanessa, the hospital, Kings County Hospital, where she was born. They call it Killer County, that she wasn't even supposed to have survived the hospital, that she was born a survivor because people in her community have every odd stacked against them. And I was so, I was so struck by her introducing herself that way. And then she talked about there had been so many police killings. And when the brother Eric Garner had been killed, she said she didn't go to the protest, that she went to work. She had a five-year-old little boy and she just needed to go to work. She's a nurse. She's 35. She's raising her son by herself. And she was like, I'm from Brooklyn. She was living in Philadelphia, but she was like, I can't go to those protests because my protest is showing up for my son. Put a food in the refrigerator, she said. And after the protest ended and quieted down, her heart was so convicted that she did not go to that protest. Vanessa. She like literally, it couldn't, it was weighing so heavy on her. So she planned that she would never, ever sit on the sidelines again. She planned that. And then what happened is when Alton Sterling was murdered on broadband TV, like all across the internet, all across our TV screens in Baton Rouge by the police, she was like, I have to go. I have to go. That same week, Orlando Castile was murdered in his car with his family. And she was like, I have to go. So she set a plan. She made sure her baby was cared for. She got into transition down from Philadelphia all the way to Baton Rouge. She arrived on the ground in Baton Rouge. And she said it was chaos everywhere. I mean, like actual riot gear, armies of police officers pushing people back because we were just angry. It was an execution in the street of an innocent black man, and we were not having it no more. Every organizer, every activist, Black Lives Matter, shout out to you and our sisters who started this movement. They were out in force organized, and she stepped onto that scene, and she said the police were convincing the activists to stand on the grass, and she said in her heart, I will not move. 
She said in her heart, you are not going to put our issues on the sideline. I will not move to the grass. And the other activist came over to her and was like, sister, just move over here right now. It's not safe for you. And she walked out in the middle of the street by herself and stood her ground. And she said she made eye contact with the police officers and questioned, how can you sleep at night with her eyes and her heart? And she said she had a full-on conversation with them. How can you be doing this? And she said, it was inquisitive. I was just looking at them. And then, you know, you're going to hear a little bit later, Gail King interviewed her. And actually, let's play that right now. Let's play that right now. It's about a four-minute clip, but I want you to hear her words from her mouth. She's a powerful yeah. woman. You've probably seen the image of a female protester being confronted by police officers in Baton Rouge. The woman in the sundress, her name is Aisha Evans. This was her first protest, and she was arrested for the first time shortly after this picture was taken. Only on CBS This Morning, Aisha talked to us about what brought her to Louisiana from Pennsylvania. So, Aisha, you just walk in the street, mm -hmm. even though you're told not to walk in the street, mm -hmm. and you stand nose to nose and you don't say anything. Nothing. And what are they saying to you? Nothing. It was silence. It was just a lot of nonverbal communication. Sometimes silence speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. I feel like. What did you want your silence to say? I'm human. I'm a woman. I'm a mom. I'm a nurse. I could be your nurse. I could be taking care of you. You know, I'm here. We all matter. We don't have to beg to matter. We do matter. When you see the photo, what do you see? Does she look scared? No, because I wasn't. Mm. <laughs> there was no, there was no fear in my body, which is kind of, it's when you see these officers mm -hmm. and you see their gear and I, like, I see his gun, you know, they look impenetrable compared to me with no armor in a sundress, but there was, there was no fear. No fear. The Washington Post says that you captured a critical moment for the country. They're comparing it to past civil rights photos. The takeover in Tiananmen Square mm -hmm. in China where the man staring down the tanks. Mm -hmm. Civil rights demonstrations in Birmingham, Alabama. They're now putting your photograph, that photograph of you rather, in that category. What does that mean to you? It means that God has chosen to put me in a position to make a difference, make a change. It is more than me. It is more than myself. So here I am. I have a responsibility to do something. What brought you there? All of the injustices before, I felt like I was just a bystander and I had an, you know, you have, an, you have a choice as a human being to do something or to not do something. And I felt, I, cho I chose to go to work the other time, during the other protests. I chose to pay those bills, to put the food in the refrigerator. Once the opportunity presented itself, it was just like, yeah, definitely. You saw the video of Alton Sterling. I saw the video. It literally rendered me numb. I couldn't cry. I couldn't scream. I couldn't break anything. I was just numb. So you see that video. And then what did you think when you saw Mr. Castile's video, which happened the next day? It, it's, it, I felt something has to be done. I told him not to reach for it. I told him to get his hand out. Something has to be done. What did you tell your son? Your son is six years old. He's six years old. What did you tell him? What's his name? Justin. What did you tell Justin? 
after you had gotten arrested and out of jail, what did you tell him? I told him that I was arrested. I told him that I went to jail. He said, why did you go to jail? I thought only bad people go to jail. Only bad people go only to jail? Only bad people go to jail. I didn't have an answer for him. I told him that sometimes that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And that was the best answer that I could give to my son. Because he's moment. thinking, you're my mom and you're not a bad person, so right. why are you in jail? Right. You've never been arrested before. Do you see yourself as an activist? Um, before this, not really. Not. I wouldn't really call myself an activist. I have a passion for my people. Mm. I love my people. Mm. So I and I don't. I never really considered myself to be in the definition of you know brave. You know, but sometimes you know jobs are given to you that you're not really you didn't apply for. Sometimes jobs are given to you that you didn't apply for. So I, there's so much I want to talk about. I want to just end with saying this: she was arrested. She spent time in a Louisiana prison, which she says, man, she like Louisiana did not play with her. They strip searched her, Vanessa, and she still found the grace and love inside to thank an officer named Officer Morris, a female officer who she said came by every hour to check on her and make sure that she was breathing, make sure she was alive. And so I just, even in the storm, even in the darkest moments, the fact that you can find gratitude for other sisters who are helping you really touched my spirit. But Vanessa, she said, yeah. I didn't look scared in the picture because I wasn't scared. How? Yeah. When you see these men in riot gear, when you see these, these automatic weapons and these shields and they're beating on the back of their shields with their billy clubs to make a rhythm to scare you, right? That's what I read all the reports of that day. They were beating on the back of their shields in, together to just advance and to scare you. How can yeah. you stand there with your, with your sundress blowing and just stare them down alone in the street? Where does that kind of fearlessness come from and how? I think we're afraid now. So many of us are just afraid. We're watching CNN. We don't know what's coming down the pipe. We're afraid for our kids. Where do you source that kind of fearlessness? And are you able to do it? Like, do you feel like that? Like fearless when it comes to, do you feel bold and courageous? Because I want to start to cultivate that in my own life. You know what? I want to start to cultivate it too. I don't, certainly I don't feel bold and courageous every day. And it's funny, probably in the circumstances where I should be most bold and courageous, you know, and vice versa, I have like a different reaction and like some of the smallest moments I'm afraid. And then some of the biggest moments I'm not afraid, if that makes any sense. But mainly what I see when I saw that picture, and even when I just heard her voice, and I do actually feel this way is one, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So even when I'm looking at the police and their gear, head to toe, billy clubs, et cetera, and I was looking at her in that dress, I felt in that moment that she was more powerful than them. I actually, I felt, I felt afraid for them. I felt like in the way that Silly said, you know, put out her hands, I felt a no, I am conjuring up, I am pulling back all the way back to my ancestors across the ocean. I'm pulling an energy and a tool and a spiritual weapon that you don't even understand. And it is about to sweep you up in something you don't even understand. I felt that. But you know, her, she and said I, that, Vanessa. She said, I didn't said, know this that. This wasn't me. She said, this wasn't me. This was God. I was a vessel. That's what she said yeah. immediately after yeah. it went viral on social media. She retweeted that back. I think it was to Sean King or somebody. She retweeted it back. She said, I was a vessel.
her. I yeah. believe we can plug in like that. Kind of what are your rituals? Because I feel plugged in sometimes and sometimes I, I don't. Do. So let's, I want to be practical for a woman who feels completely disconnected from her source, completely afraid and shaken and out of spirits right now. And she dialed in and that's all she could do is go for a walk today. Give her some mm-hmm. advice for how to plug in and find that kind of strength, that kind of power. What are some of the daily things you do to do that? Well, I, first of all, I unplug and plug into myself for at least 30 minutes, which is what these walks are about. And my advice to the women on the call is, um, and everyone on this call, we, keep, we try to keep the calls at around 30 minutes because that's kind of the CDC guidelines around physical activity. But Morgan, my advice is you hang up this call and you keep walking. And everybody needs to give themselves a little bit of meditation and reflective time post these calls to actually sit with the ideas sit with the feelings, sit with the emotions, ask yourself what is bubbling up for you. But that requires for you to dis- to unplug from all of the demands of the world. And the demands on us are so significant as Black women. And I'm talking to myself that on most days when I pick up my cell phone, the number of text messages that I have from people who need me to do something for them or who are in a situation or who are reaching out, coupled with what's in my inbox for work, coupled with kind of what I'm trying to do in my relationship, coupled with what I'm trying to do with my, like the responsibilities that we have as black women are so significant. But for these 21 days, Morgan, and I know this is one of your spiritual practices, we have got to silence that. We have got to find the time for ourselves, 30 minutes, even if you did 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes in the evening, if this call is all you have, then take it. But we better find some more time for ourselves. Because when I heard her talking, what I heard, Morgan, was a rootedness and a calmness and a confidence that comes with her having communicated with God and God having given her the word. But how can you even communicate with God if you don't set the time aside to do so? How can you even get the message of the word? And I was like, maybe this was a fluke. Maybe this was a moment in time, a picture. But every interview I watched, she was Everyone. like that. She was, there's yeah. a Tavis Smiley interview where they were just going back and forth. It was high energy, high energy. And she just sat there calmly and watched. And then when they addressed her, she dropped the whole word on them. And she was like, and they were like, well, do you think you'll ever do another protest? And she said, I'm already planning to. And I was just like, she got it. Like, she got it. And, she got it. and I don't got, got it like that, but I'm trying to get it. I am trying to get it, Morgan. <laughs> I am trying to get it. You do have it. No, you do have it, Vanessa. You I have it on some days, but let me tell you it. this. But let me tell you this, and this is why I'm so grateful for our community. This is why I believe that every single woman who's called into this call on one of these days, even if it's not in this moment, you are going to get exactly what you need. The day before we started these calls, Morgan, last week, you know, Carmen from our team was leading a um, morning prayer call for the team or for people in her life and family who just needed some extra prayer. And the day before or the day of on Thursday, I called into that call. It was my first time, 730 in the morning. And the prayer for that day was, God, I am a believer. Help me with my unbelief, right? Carmen was telling the story of that guy. And part of what I, for the 30 minutes a day, for the time that we find silence, for the time that we connect together, part of our prayer, I think, that we move towards the Aisha of the world is that we a little bit help our unbelief, the own unbelief that we all have. Because there's a little bit of us who are looking at that picture and just saying there's no way, right? Like, what is the connection between her calmness and what we see in the picture? And I think it's that prayer of God help my unbelief so that you become a believer around your own strength. I'm saying... Like my pastor said, pray and show up. And I'm showing up for you yeah. right now. And I'm telling you, you, you actually, 
stop, stop not believing because you actually have it. I watch you all the time. I mean, we were standing on the side of that TED stage and we knew it was going to go out to millions of people across the world. You were steely. You were plugged in. You were prayed up. I was too. And I'm saying the women I know have this and I'm just, and I want us to stand in it. I really want us to stand in it because you don't know who the police are in your life. It might be an abusive husband. It might be, I don't know, it might be a job that totally dismisses and undervalues you. There are big bullies in our lives that we have to family members who don't respect our, for who don't respect your boundaries, who are trying to, I had so many people reach out to me, Morgan, to say, thank you for, saying that you were going to stop the generational trauma in your family because they were experiencing that same thing. And even part of like, when you say like a bully or who is the police, I'm just like, even for us, we have to like the folks who we say are our loved ones, the folks who we say are our friends and family, like we better ask ourselves even who is showing up in our life to police us, who is showing up in our life to block us from our own blessing, who is showing up in our life where we need to actually conjure that fearlessness. Like, who is the person we actually need to look in yeah. the eye and maybe silence is the best communicator, but we need to look That's them right. straight in the eye. Like, she looked those police in the eye and we need to say, I see yes. you and you know you see me and you know exactly what this is. And I am absolutely not turning back at all from what I know to be true. Yes. So, no, we have got to do that for every person yes. in our life. And that and the protest, by the way, this is the protest of Girl Trek. This is the movement. Our protest every day is a, pro- a daily protest against every single thing that is killing Black women. We said 10 years ago that our daily protest, never mind who's in the streets with us, would be to lace up our sneakers, walk outside of our front door so that our neighbors could see us, and we would shout to the heavens that we are not going to die, not on our watch, not another sister. So even when we are evaluating who are the forces that have come against us, man, Morgan, those forces are so serious. They are in our home. They are in our inbox. They are on our text messages. They are in our social media feeds. They're so much bigger than this police but let moment me even or tell this administration you this. moment. Please. I'm going to blow your mind because they're also inside our own minds. They're Lord, also inside yes. of our own hearts. Lord, yes. Sometimes, yes. I remember I was in Costa Rica. I did this really powerful meditation where it said, look your ancestors in the eye and then ask a series of questions. And they were like, and know that that is yourself, right? And I was just, I was pouring crying in, during this meditation. Sometimes our biggest critics are these kinds of generational curses, these kinds of self-perceptions, these kinds of negative self-talk that has been passed on from fear and trauma for generations. And so like, I think about even like our team, we have some brilliant, beautiful black women on our team. And sometimes even we tell ourselves we can't do it. Even in Girl Trek, we tell ourselves it's too big. And then I think yeah. about my own heart. Sometimes I tell myself I'm not enough. I'm not worthy enough. I can't. So if I'm staring my negative, most unfaithful self in the eye, I'm going to need my real self, my God-created, woefully made self, my grounded, rooted, all the way back to Africa self needs to stare that false self into the face, into the eyes, and say, not today. You will not tell me that today. I know who I am today. And sometimes you only get to that place through silence, through meditation. Sometimes you can't even speak words to your own negative self. You just have to quiet it down and remember and know. So I I agree. And Morgan, I'll I'll offer one other tool, though, there right now as you were saying that. 
one reminder that I have in those moments, right? Because the negative self-talk is real and the things real and the things that we say about ourselves are real, but also the experiences that we have had, they are real for a lot of women. And for those experiences that we have had, even Brian Courtney Wilson said it in his prayer. He actually said for the moments that we show up in shame or in disappointment for something we thought should have happened or went a certain way and it didn't. That was part of the prayer he said. I have those moments. We all have those moments. Part of the way we transform those or the way I transform them is to count them all joy, literally, literally to say that every trial and every test that I am learning from is actually just drawing me closer and closer and closer to a relationship with God, closer and closer to a clearer identity of who I am. So count it all joy, even even the negative self-talk that you have acknowledged it, because that's the power of awareness. And I'm really working on that over these 21 days. The power of awareness is even to notice the negative patterns and behaviors, to notice the negative self-talk and even to forgive yourself even in that moment when you still experience in it that moment. but to in that moment but to release it and let it yeah. go right to say you don't yeah. you're not yeah. welcome here you cannot take up residence here I see you yeah. I acknowledge you and then I move on like the power of being able to do that is so is so real and I was reading this book this quote it's by this guy who's named Marshall friend, it's making friends with your lesser self. So it's like when something yes. kind of comes in, you say, I see you, I see you girl, but not today. You know what I mean? And being gentle yes. and kind, even with your own self. It's um, yes. one thing I just wanted to say about what you were just saying is Willa Martin was like, well, on social media, there was a whole undercurrent of people saying that you shouldn't have been there anyway to get arrested because you had a five-year-old little boy. And I was just thinking about shame is toxic, boy. How we shame each other for even showing up in our greatest, grandest moments, that there's still somebody who would open their mouth to shame you. And that's why you're going to have to count it all joy. Listen, y'all would have got me 10 years ago with that. You would have got me with that. With that shame right there, you might have got me from being in my fullness but you will not get me today. You understand what I mean? There's, there's something about that evolution and praising in those moments. Like, ooh, stop me that I really, really, really enjoy about her story and about who she is. So did you have one final thought? And then I was going to wrap us up with a meditation. I did have a final thought, Morgan, and it's actually even related to what you were just saying. Because part of her story was, you know, and even you told the story and then she retold it to Gail, which is that two times before she had wanted to go to protest and wasn't able to go to the protest or had chosen to work. And she had, you know, and she was reflecting on that for herself. And what I'm offering for every single woman is that shame even goes both ways, Morgan, where we are judging ourselves so harshly for the ways yeah. in which yeah. we show up. And I actually offer to every single woman especially if you're a black woman on this call, I know actually for a fact that by the end of the day, you have given it all you have. I know that for a fact. And actually, Morgan, on Friday, I was having such a hard day. I was having such a hard day, and you know it, that sometime around like, it was in the evening time and I was finally wrapping up and I was going to do something, go to dinner, eat dinner, laying in the bed. I can't remember one of those things, but I literally had to actually tell myself, literally looking into my phone, this is crazy. I was like, you did the best you can today. It's okay to rest. And then Debbie and Karen sent us that text message after that said it's okay to rest. So part of what we have to do as black women is even tell ourselves because part of the false voice that is in our head that you're talking about is the voice that keeps telling us that we're somehow not good enough or somehow not doing enough. But I know for a fact that usually by noon, by the time black women have gotten on this call, you've done more than most. So we have to even release some of the shame and judge. (laughs) Yes. Today I was just thinking this because, you know, I'm on. I'm on all those fancy boards that be doing journalism and stuff. And they always make it fun yeah. of that I'd be on social media so much. 
I'd be on social media. And then I was like, but people don't understand. I have converted social media into a meditation and into a treaty and into a manifesto for my life. And even when I sit there and I literally stare into my camera and I just root for myself and I just look at my own beauty, which I haven't seen in 43 years. And I just look and I just, I'm just so excited to like, and, but I'm saying that has been a meditative practice for me is like cheering for myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then yes. I and I'm going to tell you something, Morgan. On, and I was just like, I posted another selfie today on my Instagram. And I was like, people are going to be like, she needs to get a life and stop posting selfies. But I was like, no, I'm actually having breakthroughs over here. I'm having breakthroughs. Right. And I just, in case right. it gives somebody else inspiration to love themselves a little bit more, I'm having breakthroughs and I want it for every single woman. So you were saying... Yeah, I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say this even, and this is actually a praise and a gratitude to you. This is what happens even when you do that work that you're just talking about. Show up for yourself, praise yourself, acknowledge that you have done your best. You know, we've been working on this boot camp for a minute and trying to get ready for day one. And I was working up on the boot camp until like midnight last night. And I went to bed feeling anxious because we didn't still have day one together based on some changes that we were going to make. So I set my alarm clock for 5.30 a.m. this morning, and I was like, you're going to get up, and you're going to get after this stuff, Vanessa, and it's going to be the bomb. And the first text message that I got when I rolled over at 5.30 a.m. was actually you saying, no, nah, don't worry, I got it. Turn your alarm off and go back to sleep. And so part of the surrender of trusting that God has you in every situation, and this is the analogy that I had from last week even about the Amazon, is one way or the other, I knew we were going to show up powerfully on this day one call. I knew that God had me some way or the other, that if I showed up for myself and did as much of the work as I possibly could do and earn, that somehow it would come through and it was you coming through. So that level of come through, which is God putting people into your life or closing gaps for you that you didn't know or shoot you $100 short on that mortgage, somebody's $100 on that short on that mortgage is going to come through today in a way that they don't even know, Morgan. So I just want to thank God for all the ways that the blessings can come and offer even to women over these 21 days that those blessings might come in ways that they can't even imagine. That is perfect. That is perfect. So let us put feet to those prayers. Let's really meditate. And I chose a song for this last meditation. And if you're new, what we do is we play an entire song and do it with our phones on mute. And we just really show up for the moment. We listen to the words, we turn down our talk, and we just listen to the moment, and we walk in unison together all across the planet. And so we're going to do that. And I chose a song by the wonderful Liz Wright. It says, the wind that shakes the barley will not shake me. The wind that shakes the barley will not shake me. The wind that shakes the barley will not shake me. I know because my mother said, right? And it, then it says the hawk that sweeps the sparrow will not hunt me. Or, you know, and she talks about every single force that comes to get you cannot even touch you because you come from such a brilliant line of people who have survived and who have taught and embedded in you everything you need. You are exactly who you need. You are exactly where you need to be. You have done enough today, sister, and we absolutely love you. Let's end on that note. Shout out to day one, our spiritual warrior, Aisha Evans. Come back tomorrow, please, and invite a sister. Shakes the barley, it will not shake.
Shakes the ball. 